much horror business driving late at night. Psycho 78. Yeah, let's do this thing. All right. Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lore. <laughs> Are you Scottish now? Is that the is that the uh, thing? Uh, that was an attempt at being Russian because oh, we're doing a. Oh no! Russian you thought that movie. was Russian? I thought I'm, that was Russian. I'm, I'm Liam O'Donnell, and I'm certainly not Russian. And you're listening to episode of one of thirteen of a harder business, and I'm talking with a Russian accent right now. That went from badly Italian to even worse Russian. I'm sorry. This is episode 113 of Hard Business. Um, I'm not. I'm not having a mental breakdown. That's not why I said that. <laughs> but we are going to be talking about a Russian film today. On this episode, we're going to be talking about 1967's Vi. Yeah. And 1983's Eyes of Fire. Um, both of these films are available on Shutter, and both of these films are kind of sort of definitely with eyes of fire vaguely with vi uh folk horror but did you just say vaguely with vi i would say vi is more folk horror than eyes of fire Mm, um we'll get there it's literally a folk well yeah we'll get there well let's put it this way both these films are included in the new box set which is why they're all on shutter the uh I forget the name of the box set. Do you remember the name of the box set? I don't know. But what's different... So what's interesting about these films is unlike other horror films we've covered in the past, neither of these films take place in England. So neither of these films are examining the... um, How do I put this nicely? uh, Thinly veiled shithole that is Britain. These are both in the box set all the haunts BRs, a compendium of folk horror from Severin. Um, and they're also featured in that uh, documentary about folk horror as well. Which is also on Shudder. Uh, the woods are dark and there's spooky things in there. I think it's called. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. That's uh, close enough. Yeah, I should have required us both to. I mean, I watched it before, but it was like as part of a festival thing. So it was a while ago. And you haven't seen it yet. We should have been like. We need to watch that before we discuss these full car movies, but maybe, maybe we'll make it a series. We'll come back and do more full car in the future. Also, nobody can make me do anything because I am my own man. You know what I mean. I'm just being a silly goose. I'll go back to the bond. Anyway, before we jump into these folk horror exercises, uh, we have a few entities to thank. First off, we want to thank you, our patrons on Patreon. Uh, without you, it would be moderately more difficult to do this podcast network because, as I've always said, uh, capitalism is a fucking plague. Money isn't real, and it is slowly strangling the life out of all of us. But that being said, the boot upon our neck makes us play by their rules for the moment. For the moment. The revolution can come at any time when we seize the means of production. But until that time... Money is real, and we have to play by the rules. Running a, running a website has costs. You guys help ups, offset those costs. We're greatly appreciated. So if you want to help contribute to the cause, you can head to patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. Not only will you be helping this podcast out, but you'll be helping out the Cinepunks collective as a whole, which is a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. Yes. We also have to thank our friends over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Now, 
Liam, if I said to you, I wanted to get a t-shirt made that said something inflammatory about uh, right-wing jerk-offs, I, I'm too fucking tired to think of something right now. Well, let's just say, um, I'm glad Ronald Reagan died pissing into a bag and not knowing who his wife was. Or, Where, it, could, or it could say, Geo pieces of crap. Huh? It could say that. It uh-huh. could say GOP. It could say, uh, get out, pricks, which is what GOP stands for. It's not what GOP is. Anyway, <laughs> fucking, if we wanted to get our hypothetical bullshit made, where would you suggest I go? Well, <clears throat> I'd suggest you head on over to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, xlvacx.com. Uh, you know, hit up the Chris Reject and the and the various... Uh, cool cats and weird mutants that work for him. Uh, and uh, they're going to give you the most professional, most personable uh, service you could ask for in the screen printing world. The world. Not not the county, not the city, not the state, not even the country. The world. So you can get hoodies, windbreakers. Thongs. Mm. Dunce caps. Handkerchiefs. Face masks. Face masks. Though they're not um, N95s. I guess you can't screen print an N95. But no, if but you, they can if try. You, if you still want to wear a cloth mask over your N95, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, they could also print on your fedora if you need it to be printed upon. If you yeah. have a fedora. Yeah. I, I don't judge. I do. Judging right now. www.xlvacx.com. Liam, who else do we have to thank? We got our friend Aaron Dahlbeck over at EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Look, I'm not going to belabor the point. Here's the thing. Sometimes quality coffee can be intimidating. Aaron takes away that intimidation. He makes it easy for you to find the best quality coffee. He doesn't roast it until you order it. And he uh, offers, as well, quality tea and awesome merch. So head on over to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Before you leave that site with the stuff you're going to buy, because you're probably going to buy some coffee or some tea, you're definitely going to want to get one of those Drink More Coffee shirts. Before you before you leave the site and give him your money, you're going to go in the gift code area. You're going to type C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. That's going to get 10% off your order. Please do that. We need you to do that. Go do that right now. Right Stop now. the podcast. Go order your John. Come on back here. I also want to give a shout out to the man Aaron Dahlbeck who lost his cat recently. So that sucks. You know, yep. I, lo- I lost the cat. So uh, I'm sorry, homie. That really sucks. Yeah. Uh, Lou seemed like a good cat. And um, I'm sure he's in heaven having biscuits with my late dog, Jacob Barker, right now. So shout out to Lou. Shout out to Aaron Dahlbeck. Uh, now has come the time in the podcast. When I come back to my house, I've been away doing whatever. I go to my house in the woods, and I'm looking for my children and my wife, and I find out that they have run away with Liam O'Donnell. And I I get my rifle and my horse, and I'm on a ferry, and I take the ferry, and I track them down, and I find that Liam has evoked the wrath of the forest spirits, I think. And just before the forest spirits... Before Liam is consumed by the forest spirits and the people who appear to be made out of mud, I ask him, Liam, what have you done involving Har recently? Uh, nothing. Same here. I, I, you know, I'm not 
I'm not trying to be traumatic or anything, but it's just between the surgery on my hand and just like uh, uh, Maeve was home for a while because uh, there was a COVID scare, and then she was home the last couple of days because she had a stomach bug, and it's just been hard. It's been hard to do much of anything. It was even hard to get these awesome movies watched for today's episode, let alone extracurricular horror. Um, I will say, uh, I I don't know if people are counting this as horror. I'm going to go ahead and count it as horror. I did finish the show Yellow Jackets. Have you watched this yet? I haven't watched a single episode yet, and I'm kicking myself because that Gross. show looks amazing. It's very good. I you know I don't want to be I don't want to get on the hype train too hard because sometimes jump on it, jump so, on it. Sometimes people get on the hype train a little late, and then they feel like it was overhyped. So I don't want to overhype. I will say for my taste. This is one of the better shows I've seen in a long time. I like the horror elements, of which there are some. I like the mystery elements. You know, the whole thing, There's a. it's like parts of it are a flashback to the 90s. And the 90s, as you know, was like the height of the Monster of the Week sort of shows. And this show has a bit of a Monster of the Week feel, even though it, it isn't that. It's one continuous story. Some of the ways it plays with your expectations and what you think is going to happen feels that way. Uh, and uh, and I love the people who are in it. I love uh, 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 Melody Linsky and uh, Christina Ricci. And th- there's just some uh, great performances. And I don't know. Again, I don't want to overhype it, but I think for folks who are interested in uh, high anxiety... Uh, mystery show that is uninterested in holding your hand like you know we are through a season and i don't think it's a spoiler to say the season ends not having solved most of the things for you and not only that some of the answers you do get were not what you were expecting you know what i mean sometimes when you're watching a mystery show the whole time you're like oh, i know it's gonna be that guy that guy did the thing and you're just waiting for to find out that it was that guy this is not that. This is like the whole time you're watching it going, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. And then something happens, you're like, well, that wasn't what I thought was going to happen. Holy shit. You know, like that's how this show goes. And I think it's well it's well worth a watch. But unfortunately, it's the only thing I've been watching lately that I think kind of falls into the horror realm. Otherwise, it's, you know, I, I haven't had a lot of time for movies. And the shows I've been watching are a little less in, in, in on the horror side of things. Though one could say if... Uh, if the righteous gemstones were real people, that would also be a horror story in and of itself. I need to start watching that show. New season has Eric Roberts, so you know I was on it. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I haven't really done much of horror. Uh, I finished American Vampire. You'll be happy to know I'm about halfway through a an edition of This Just In on it, which is awesome. awesome. Feels very good. I've been doing a lot of music stuff recently, so I haven't really have have i i've been doing a lot of music stuff and plus uh my grandfather is sort of like you know in my personal life he just got out of the hospital so i'm kind of like heavily involved in that um so he and i have been working our way through breaking bad before we start on better call saul uh we just we just started the last season of breaking bad so i'm excited to revisit the fucking nightmare that is the last three seasons or episodes of that show but other than that, no, I, I haven't really done anything. Peacemaker's been really good. Yeah, I like that show too. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the ones I've been, I've been keeping up with that. I've been keeping up with Book of Boba Fett. Um, what was the other show we just finished? Oh, no, not just finished. That uh, show, um, Someone Someplace, I think it's called. It's, an, it's a new HBO show. 
it's definitely not horror by any stretch of imagination, but um, it's really good. It's I, it's one of those things where I'm sure people think it's just like a quirky comedy, and it is not that. I mean, it is a quirky comedy, but there's so much more going on kind of about uh, mourning and families, and I don't know. I found myself very deeply invested after just the first episode. Uh, now I think it's on like the fourth episode now or something. Cool, I can fuck with that. It's very good. It's very much like a, uh, you know, pe- pe- people in a town where they feel kind of trapped sort of vibe. Gotcha. All right. Well, with that, uh, I guess we're going to take a quick break. And we come back, we're going to talk about 1967's, I, I guess it's full car. Liam says it's the most full car movie of all time. Liam says that, like, Wicker Man is bullshit, and this is the most folky horror of all time he says this is like bob dylan horror or like woody guthrie or uh you know i, I almost look, said John. Look, okay 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 <laughs> you know what let's no let's 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 say if 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 we go by the original film version of full car it is different because there's a layer of removal that that the full car within the context of how critics started talking about full car were modern films in which uh or not necessarily modern but oftentimes films in which a modern person goes to some place and discovers something from the past like that's sort of a vibe in wicker man uh or um you know it's not modern but it's like something from the past is haunting a community like blood on satan's claw or even you can argue Witchfinder general right but i think the 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 documentary uh, about full car makes a strong argument that internationally speaking films that you would think of as folk horror are literally just folk tales made into movies and that that okay. if you take full car as a description not of the film phenomena but of horror overall that's usually what people meant historically as full car was like folk tales you know what i mean and that's what yeah, bias. Yeah. but you're right it doesn't have the thing going on where it's like something from the past is like threatening you know it's not rawhead rex which i think also is full car actually but it's an entire differently kind of but that's part i I would say i mean i think some people have criticized the documentary for not spending enough time on international full car but i would say that like a almost four hour documentary is long enough you know what i mean like i don't think they needed to cover anything else yeah well we'll we'll get there uh so we're gonna take a quick break we come back we're gonna talk about 1967's vi We'll be right back. Эй, Хамар, прошу тебе. Ступай к ректору, там с тобой приехали. Дочь одного из богатейших сотников возвратилась вчера с прогулки. Вся избитая, едва жива. Перед смертным часом она изъявила желание, чтобы отходную по ней читал ты. Погреб. Я эту и делать не умею. Да ладно, ладно. Без всяких отлагательств. Померла. Я не о том жалею, моя милейшая мне дочь, что ты во цветом жалею, что не знаю, кто был лютый брат мой. Не знакомился я с ней. Ему не под ей богу не знакомился. Почему же она никому другому, а тебе именно назначила читать? Если ты с сего же дня три ночи совершишь, 
как следует над ней молитвы. talk about 1967's Vi. Uh, fun fact about this movie, um, it was the first Soviet-era 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 horror film to be uh, officially released in the USSR. Um, it is based on a story by Nikolai Gogol, who I shouldn't have to explain who that is. And uh, am I correct? This was also adapted as Black Sunday? That's a good question. I, it's hard for me to think it didn't at least influence Black Sunday, right? Like, let me check. I will say, I, apologies to the audience. Uh, I meant to rewatch this, so I watched it on Shutter, but I realized I actually have it on Blu-ray, which means I could have watched it with the commentary track to get a little more of a historical perspective on it. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to do that, so apologies yeah. to the Black listeners. Sunday. Um, you know, Bava's. Yeah, it's fucking Black Sunday. Yeah, of course. Um, is loosely based on this, so I figured it had to at least be influential, if not based on it, because you know. And I think this movie was, from what I understand, it got a lot more attention than you would think a Soviet era horror movie would get outside of the Soviet Union. But it, it was kind of a big deal, and um, I don't know what what did you think of it? Because I, I feel like. You did you know anything about this going in? What did you think of it as a film? Literally all I knew was what I read uh in the shutter description. Um so I didn't how can I say this without sounding like an asshole? I wasn't I wasn't in love with this movie until the very end. I didn't yeah, hate yeah. it, but it, it it came off a bit almost like vaudeville, almost like it was just it seemed like a little silly like they were like a lot of it was being played up for like yucks like it seemed like it was almost comical in in how um you know the main character or not the main character the protagonist it was acting it seemed like oafish it seemed like a little like over the top like a little too silly that being said for a film that came out in 1967 the climax of this movie when the fucking denizens of hell are unleashed that was fucking terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I, I I will say this. I think for me, and this was, you know, I've actually had this Blu-ray for a while and just haven't had a chance to check it out. For me, I knew going in, it's a little slow, and then it has a, a big crescendo. I do think that um, that crescendo colors the rest of the movie. I, I think there's something more to the movie than it seems at first. I mean, partly I will say, um, for for people familiar with other films from 1967, this doesn't feel like a 1967 Hollywood film. Like I think if this no. was a Hollywood movie, it would be different. Like this this honestly the 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 both the pacing and some of the special effects earlier on, this felt like a very inventive silent film. Like this felt, you know what I mean? Like this oh, felt yeah. like, 
like like a fucking like I would compare parts of this movie to like Hoxon only only there are uh there is sound and there are sound jokes in it but I, but I think like because I knew it was going to go off the rails some of the stuff early on that maybe I could have found silly I found a little weird like like first of all this film is so hostile towards the church like Oh, yeah. From the beginning, this seminary is a denizen of fuck-ups. And that was immediately amusing to me, where it's like, oh, these are seminarians. These are future priests and monks, and they're all assholes. It's like a it, 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 the way that they're filmed, it might as well be a prison yard, not a bunch of seminarians waiting to go on vacation. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, but then when, when um, things start to get spooky and he meets the witch and whatever, there's a part of that that, like is silly but there's also part of the way that it's filmed that i found like kind of reality bending and kind of like maybe not scary but like there's an atmosphere to it that made me a little uncomfortable um once he gets to the village i think that part of the problem here is that he's he is a bit of a goof like there's there's a bit of a like a he's the fool sort of in he's almost the fool in like a like a like a cultural sense, like like the tarot, the fool. You know what I mean, and yeah. uh, and so like that's played maybe a little heavier than it needs to be in a movie where it doesn't. I, I you know, no no one's giving a super like deep performance, but I found the silliness of the Cossacks keeping him from leaving the village a little more palatable than his. I think he pushes the oafishness a little bit. Although I will say that same attitude plays okay for me once he gets into the room with the corpse and the corpse becomes active. I found the oafishness a little less like over the top and a little bit more like, yeah, I get it. He's losing his shit. I, I see what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, um, you said that this reminded you of like a silent film almost. I was going to say it kind of reminded me of a, like a German expressionist movie. Yes. 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 But not as like weirdly dynamic and, no. and, and and abstract. But some of the effects, like the the makeup work, the ways that they make you feel like these demons are coming out of the walls, like they're, yes. they're very simple camera tricks and angles and stuff, and yet they're used and filmed in such a way, especially for a color. Again, all this shit is easier in black and white or sepia or whatever, you know, color usually gives away some of this stuff, right? It makes it seem less real. And some of the stuff that like is just special effects make you feel like you're in a nightmare, right? Like when he's pretending to run and they have the circulating background behind him, that yeah. I I guess that's a cheap special effect, but for me I was like, fuck, fuck that. It just felt it felt like a night it felt like uh, Michel Gondry effect, you know, it felt like, yeah. oh, he's he can't get away or he's he's run, he's uselessly running. There were just little things like that that like, again, you know, I want to agree with you overall. Like we're kind of going back and forth a little bit here. Let me say overall, a lot of this movie is not that scary or even super well executed. You, you know, it's a little basic in, in certain ways. But I guess going in, I kind of knew that. So I was even more surprised then because people said, like, the ending's pretty good. Like, there's some good imagery and stuff. And I was like, cool, I'm into that. It's pretty dang good for what it is. I, I don't know. I I'm, I think overall, I think I'm kind of into it, even though, I you know, I wouldn't necessarily play this to, like, scare the crap out of someone. There's a lot here that I think is kind of fun. And then it culminates in, like, just quality filmmaking. I I don't know. 
Like, uh, that ending is... You know what it reminded me of? And I, I, I think maybe it's because they used people with, with actual, um, I guess, physical disabilities. It wasn't as extreme as the ending of, like, The Sentinel is with... Um, Holy shit, how the fuck... The guy... Fucking Nikki from Rocky. Um, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, how, like, in that movie, they used people... Uh, I believe there's, like, a there's a person with uh, the, the, the elephant man disease, and there's, like, little people, and there's... And this movie uses that... There's a few little people that they use in there. Um, but the thing that really got me about the way they shot the ending was this is going to sound super fucking dumb, but all the, the, the makeup was just subtle enough to kind of like make these people look slightly inhuman. And it kind of kicked off like an uncanny Valley effect. And at first it was like, at first it was like, well, whatever. But then like the longer you'd look at them and the way they would interact with them and you would start noticing like one of the guys just has like from the nose down, it's just smooth but he has like a it's like a wide mouth but it's smooth I, I can't explain it there's just a lot of quietly unsettling imagery in this movie um like once shit hits the fan and it goes off the rails it really goes off the rails and i think maybe just because it the rest of the film had kind of lulled me into this sense of like uh they're just you know they get bless their hearts they get an a for effort they're doing what they can with what they have and then all of a sudden it's like oh fuck they actually have quite a bit and they're like they were holding back until just now. But then, like, even that being said, re-watching this movie, there's still some stuff early on before it gets super crazy that's, like, kind of quietly upsetting. Like, the way the witch acts um, when she, like, comes back from the dead, the way she moves, I think a lot of that was, like, shot in reverse and then played forward. I, I, I couldn't really tell you. There's just something that's, like, that was, like, uncanny about the way she moved. Uh, that was just enough to be like, oh, fuck, this would be like, I, I could see how, like, if I had never seen anything like this before, like, if I was watching this for the first time in the 60s, this would probably blow my fucking mind. And it's a simple effect, but it's just enough to, like, kind of coat what you're seeing with this sense of, like, unreality that's, like, unsettling in a way you can't quite place. Uh so while like a lot of this movie early on, I did think was like, kind of silly. There were those moments that looking back, you're like, okay, they were definitely priming us for the, for the end of this movie. Even if it was most of the movie is just like this fucking goofy Cossack guy, uh, you know, sniffing tobacco and all that shit. Yeah. I, I, I think if, if, if we take into account, I mean, we don't have to as a as a modern audience member, you don't have to make allowances for older movies just because they're older. But I do think it helps if you do that. Right. So if we make certain allowances, like here's a culture in which at the time horror wasn't super prevalent. Right. There weren't a lot of other horror films coming out. Um, and it's hard to know what access they had to some of the more modern horror movies that were coming out. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're, they're, they're probably working with some older film material, right? There's something about this that is kind of effective, though, that this idiot is, especially because he's supposed to represent what exactly to the audience. Like, uh, I, I wonder to what extent 
we're getting a bit of like the uh, the uh, cultural propaganda against the church. You know what I mean? Like here's the guy who is the symbol of authority, who's supposedly using the power of God to fight the forces of evil, and he's such a jerk off. And in some ways, his being a, a jerk is maybe to you and me. It's excessive. It's a bit annoying, but maybe it makes those scenes where he is being confronted by the reality of supernatural evil that much more upsetting because it's like, well, he's not up to the task whatsoever. He's not up to the task of just like uh, conducting a church service, let alone fighting a witch overnight, you know? No, he's there's the scene where there, uh, the scene that I think is telling about the logic of religion in this film is. Um, and bear with me because this is a scene that happens. Uh, he is seduced by an old woman. He denies her. And she start, She jumps on his back. And she starts riding him like a horse. And then they're flying. And there's a moment when he's like talking to himself and to her sort of. Where he's like, you don't, I forget what he says. He's like, you don't. It's like you're not you don't obey the laws of the devil, so you must obey the laws of God or something weird like that. But I remember like listening to it and be like, what the fuck is this guy even saying? It's like, dude, you're flying right now. Like nothing you believe the, none of your fucking argument and your 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 education or lack thereof, uh, none of that is a, applies to what you're going through right now. And then even when he's uh when he's dealing with this woman coming back from the dead, it's like, it's almost like, it's like a, like a chess game sort of like, he's just like spewing these, these, these prayers. And it's just like, just say the prayers and everything will be okay. And I don't know. There, 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 there's something about his relying on ritual as opposed to actual belief in the ritual. If that right. makes any sense. Yes. Because there's so much of that movie. There's this circle. There's the prayers that have to be said. And I don't know if this guy actually believes in any of the stuff he's saying. It's more just about, like, the, the, the letter of, of, of what he's supposed to believe, I suppose. It's not clear that anyone – I mean, what does anyone in this movie believe in? I mean, I guess the witch believes in her own ability to fuck with this, this uh, seminarian. But other than that, like – it's not clear that the community anywhere they go, it's like people are to some extent motivated by superstition, I guess, but yeah, no one has any particular faith. I mean, even like, you know, within Russian Orthodoxy, there's certain things that like aren't knowledge for everyone. Right. It's not like a, it's not like the Protestant model where every individual person is sort of um, expected to work out their own faith. Right. You're supposed to be a scholar, really, if you are just a Christian. Uh, in, in orthodoxy, that's not the way it is. And in fact, the, even the idea of a theologian, it's like, well, really, theologians are, are almost like ordained. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not – it's not a job. You know, it's something that happens over time. Someone looks back on stuff you wrote, you know. And so that scene where they're all getting drunk and the guy wants to ask him this question, there's a sense in which – even the local people are willing to push the boundaries because it's 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 almost like this is theirs, just like a formality of culture, a, a habit. 
a manner even you know like the, this is just part of what we do but it's not clear what anyone has any particular faith in i mean even the 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 head of the seminary sending him to do this it's like you think this guy's an idiot why would you even send him to go and do this thing but the, everyone's just sort of doing what is expected of them you know yeah, um, it's i mean they, they even refer to him constantly as like brother philosopher and it's sort of like it's not without a touch of disdain that 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 title so i think like even that is saying it's like uh, there's sort of like um an implication of one having uh not having their feet on the ground like having their head in the cloud so to speak which is perfectly describes this fucking idiot i i do want to say the the thing about him them calling him brother um i i do you think that was something about him being them being cossacks that it was like a shared thing i i don't know i couldn't i kind of that's why i kind of wish i would watch the uh the, the well yeah but it possibly but again i also think it could have been like um like a like a like a like a like a diss almost like a you know like well, how yeah he like all three of them sort of jokingly he's he's got these two friends early on when they meet the 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 witch and um they each have like titles for themselves that feel not real you know um i'm so and so the theologian um you know he's the philosopher and then the other guy was like the deacon or something like that yeah and, and it and then when people still keep calling him that it doesn't feel like they're doing that because they think they certainly don't think he's a great philosopher they think he's an idiot you know and they're just like look before she died she asked for you by name so you got to go in there uh and 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 they just force him to do this thing you know like i, I yeah I again, I, I guess to some extent we could overanalyze this. I do want to pull back a little bit and, and sort of talk about this movie as folk horror because I mean, a if it wasn't for the the things coming out at the end, oh, I guess some people would real real quick. Yeah, that actor died on Sunday this past Sunday. The the priest, the seminarian. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I did see something about uh, that's so weird. I didn't know this was him, but I remember reading something about a, a, a Russian actor passing away. That's very strange. I, w I wish I had realized it was that dude. Yeah. Uh, what, what were you saying about Folk well, Horror? Well, just sort of saying, like, you know, talking about if you think, I mean, I was sort of saying, like, this feels like the most Folk Horror, but what I really am saying is it's the most Folk, <laughs> like, right? You know? Yeah. It's literally a Folk tale. Um, but a lot of times when people say, at least in, a lot of modern conversations, when they say the term folk horror, they don't mean a folk tale. You know, they're not thinking of, I don't know, what's a, what's, is there a folk horror tale in our culture? I guess if we're Americans, maybe something like the hook on the door or Candyman. They're not thinking yeah. fucking like an urban legend. Right. But I want to say, like, there is a, t there is a sense of, um, an important element of folk horror is, like you said, there's something from the past, or let's get even more vague and say there's there's something primitive being revealed to something quote unquote uh, advanced or not modern, so to speak. So, if you look at this film as like critical of the church, you could it's almost like satirical, looking at the church as something modern and 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 scholarly and intellectual 
being exposed to something primitive, which is this vague demonic thing. I mean, you know, the movie's named after this god i mean she literally calls him an old god like yeah like, almost like he's something lovecraftian i mean yeah it's it's not satan it's a fucking like one of the rock monsters from the inhumanoids that comes out of the ground and that's what it looked like it no, looked like a fucking, 100% right it looked like an inhumanoid rock troll and it has its eyelids so it, yeah you're, you're I, absolutely right let's, it, it let's, is like let's say too it's worth saying that compared to the other denizens of hell Vi is a little might be a little bit of a letdown for people. Absolutely, he looks a little bit like a character from that uh, fake kaiju wrestling league. Yeah, big battle. What is that? Uh, 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 I, th I think it's called like big, big, not big kaiju battle. Big. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, Steve Huey wrestles in. Yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so people wear kaiju suits and they wrestle each other, and it's f fun and vaguely punk rock. This yeah. this guy's outfit looks like that. Before that. I mean, literally, before even the bat creatures come in, you notice in a couple of the shots, if you're paying attention, there are people who are painted the same color as the wall who mm -hmm. just look sad and old, and they're just mm -hmm. looking at the camera. It's fucked. And that, you know, these, like, bat demon creatures come, and it's just people in bodysuits with, like, masks and other things on, so it shouldn't be upsetting, but it is. It's like... It is. And so by the time Vi comes, he is a little bit of a letdown. But then again, the extent to which our seminarian, who is just flabbergasted right now, he just knows, don't look at his eyes. Even though Vi looks kind of ridiculous, him saying, don't look at his eyes, don't look at his eyes. It kind of was like, oh, God, uh, what's going to happen if he looks at his eyes? Oh, God. Like there, there was something anxious about it all. And then. There is something else that keeps happening in the movie that, like, shouldn't be upsetting, but it kind of is. The way that the cock crowing makes them all scatter like cockroaches in a kitchen. Something about that got under my skin, too, man. It's a, it's well, because it's like, it, you know what it reminded me of? I'm also, I'm sorry if you can hear a dog barking. My neighbors have just left their dog outside and he's yelling at them. The dog is yelling at the neighbors, uh, they're not gonna let him in. Um, so, uh, I, I, I mean, I, there, there's something about, yeah, the rooster crowing, I'm not going to say cock, uh, crowing is, it reminded me of, um, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll probably think of it like, like three in the morning the night and, you know, I don't know, tweet about it, but like, yeah, there, there's something like it, a lot of times in, in, in folklore that like signifies the sun coming up and the rooster being like, um, like, all right, fuckers, time to go. Like, you got to get out of here. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There, there, there's definitely something about that. Like, I don't know if it's just because the it's the rising of the sun and the dispelling of the night that kind of speaks to some sort of weird circadian thing. Um, but I'm with you. It's, it's It was definitely, like, really fucking creepy how those things would just, like, yeah, scatter like cockroaches. And, you know, I don't. We're, 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 we keep describing what is basically the climax of the movie as the end of the movie. Technically, there is a denouement, which might be sort of deflating for people because there's just these two seminarians doing work, talking about what may or may not have happened. Weirdly, by the way, drinking vodka and eating green onions that they must have pulled out of the ground. You which got is, to. Which, like... <laughs> 
If I was making what would amount to a caricature of Russians, it would be dudes eating root vegetables and drinking vodka. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, if I wasn't straight edge at my lowest, it would be drinking vodka and eating root vegetables. <laughs> Anyways, there's a sense in which um, that scene might feel a little random, but I don't know. Something about it felt like a fitting ending that like he has become folklore and these guys continue to just live their weird lives in Kiev. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's something about it. It, it, again, I don't know that this movie is going to work for everybody. Like, you know, we, we do this a lot, but I, you know, I want to acknowledge there are people's tastes uh, are such that some folks, they can't handle an American movie from the seventies. So going all the way back <laughs> to this fucking 1967 Russian movie, you, you, you'll feel like you're watching The Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? Like, there, there are parts of this that, you know, are, make The Wizard of Oz look modern. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so, like, I get that if that's disarming for you or, or it's not your vibe. But if you're someone who likes older stuff, I suspect you might like this, especially if you find the cultural aspect of it interesting. I was very curious about there are sections of the movie that aren't translated. I don't know if they... Uh, just didn't get to it, or you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the why that is, but there are sections that aren't translated that I thought was interesting, and I wondered also at some of the cultural stuff. Like, is does it matter that this guy identifies as a Cossack and he's in a village that seems like other Cossacks? What is the relationship between them being Cossacks and him going to school in Kiev? You know what I mean? Which I think at the well, time the, would have been the, the capital. Yeah, weren't the Cos? Okay, all cards on the table. My knowledge of the Cossacks extends – is this. They were the bad guys in five in, in American <laughs> Yeah, I mean from what I understand, they're uh, one of many distinct ethnic groups within Russia. I mean let's keep in mind Russia is the biggest country in the world, even bigger at, at during this time period than it is now, right? Because this is – this is when they, you know, had Ukraine as part of the country, right? And yeah, the country. So it's even bigger. It's one of the biggest places. It has a ton of unique ethnic groups within it, including formerly uh, all of basically all of the white people who became Muslims, right? Uh, yes. And, and then eventually, it's they the the czar killed all those people. It's like um, the Chechnyans, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the Chechnyans is one of. There were originally like. I, this is kind of broken up for me, but I think there was originally 18 tribes in that area of various, uh, you know, I guess you would call them Caucasian looking people, but, you know, Europeans who were uh, all uh, Muslim tribes and then they were slaughtered by. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, anyways, point is Cossacks were one of the many different ethnic groups within Russia who were part of the history of the country, but also unique, you know, separate in some ways. Um, and they were often, you know, employed by the czar as his, like, uh, his special fighters, you know. And and they continue to have certain cultural significance. In fact, uh, you'll remember there was an episode of Behind the Bastards where they talked about uh, an anarchist populist guy who was a Cossack and he had a whole yes. army and you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. all that to say, there is a unique cultural history there that I don't know enough about to speak with any knowledge. If any listeners are familiar with Russian history or know anything about the cultural groups there, I'd love to hear about it. I, I, I just know enough to know at certain times of Russian history, they were painted 
most likely unfairly as the bad guys. But I think like a lot of ethnic groups that were used by imperial powers, it's somewhat unfair to paint them as, you know, it's kind of like how in certain times in Indian history, Sikhs were used as, you know, uh, warriors, maybe more than would be fair. It's like you take on a certain scary, you know, there's a scary connotation, but that maybe isn't fair to their culture. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So all that to say, I wonder if there's a relationship there of class or a cultural difference, you know, maybe being a seminary in Kiev separates him from this community. So there could be like cultural differences there at play. Uh, He's going back to his past. So there is a bit of that uh, uh, civilization versus uncivilized feeling. Um, There's also this thing in which, right. The, the daughter is the witch, right? So like she's fooled this whole community. Like, I don't think, the dad's in on it. He thinks his daughter asked for this guy and that's not what happened. So like there's something about that, about the whole community being tricked around this thing that I think is interesting too. But uh, all that to say, I think for some of our listeners, this will be very interesting. But if you are, if, if soon as we say it feels kind of old and it feels kind of hokey, if that's immediately a turnoff for you, I'd say, don't bother. I don't, I don't know that there's enough here to overcome if this is a big issue, if this is a big prejudice for you as a viewer, I don't know that there's enough in the end to overcome it. But if you're someone who likes these older movies and doesn't mind a little bit of hokiness, I think this movie pays off in a big way. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just say this. Um, if you can look at the film House, Hasu, and you can enjoy that, it's not a stretch to say you'll like this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a little bit more going on in Haosu, but I do think you're right. Like, both films are doing very fun, interesting things with special effects. Um, and I suspect this movie might have more commentary. So the thing about Haosu is that it's, like, rich with cultural commentary while also being psychotic, right? It's just a psychotic, weird movie that also is about World War Two and the bomb and all this other stuff, right? Yeah, I, I bet there's a, that much going on here that we just aren't tuned into. Because again, this is 1967. This wasn't made by farmers in ancient in in, in you know medieval Russia, right? This was made by knowledgeable communists, right? So yeah. there's there's a good chance that there's subtext here that maybe as not Russian communists in 1967 we're not picking up on. Maybe I don't know, but I, I I do suspect there's something more here. That I don't know. Maybe I'll read a good article somewhere and be able to figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So that is Vi. Um, it is available on Shutter. Um, I'll recommend it. Yeah, I I'll mean, broadly recommend this movie. I I have it on. I have it. I own it twice now because I have it on Blu-ray and I got the box set of from Severance. So I have two copies. It's Liam's favorite movie of all time. I mean, to be fair, I hadn't watched it. <laughs> I just really wanted that. But what's funny is. Everything else in the box set, I I mostly hadn't seen before. Really, the only other thing I'd even seen was the movie we're talking about next because I saw it on thirty five millimeter at a horathon. So did I. Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about nineteen eighty three's Eyes of Fire, also known as Cry Blue Sky. We'll be right back. Who's that there? What are you bringing it was a time of witchcraft. Free! 
Fish Fish of hangings. Of horror. Of magic. They were outcasts on a desperate voyage to the promised land. What they found was a terrifying world. says that this valley is where the lost blood gathers. It's the home of the devil. The secret is sleeping in the trees. The secret is sleeping in the trees. And we are back to talk about 1983's... Um, Wikipedia calls it a Western horror film. I disagree. Eyes of Fire. Uh, now, Liam, you had mentioned you first seen this film on 35mm at Harthon. Yeah, I believe that screening was 35mm. I guess it could have been yeah. 16, but I think it was 35 And yeah, that's the first time I, I both saw it or ever heard of it. And in fact, haven't Same. seen anything about it since then until this box set came out and they put it up on Shudder. Yeah, which is a shame because this movie uh, fucks. This movie slaps. It's so fucking Bay. good. It's so, it's I, so good. I will put out, I will put out there that other than you know, this is these movies are somewhat similar in that they're trying to do things with special effects. You could argue that Vi is more successful than this movie, but you brought up How Sue, and I think it's very similar to How Sue in the idea of some of the kind of weird special effects it's trying to do. But what this movie holds as its own sort of thing, right, for me, is that it is the best movie I've ever seen where I feel like half the special effects don't fucking work, right. Like there's a bunch of yeah. stuff this movie tries to do special effects that isn't good, and yet the rest of the movie is so good. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't bother me at all. And and a lot of reviews at the time, I was reading a little bit about this movie online because I was like, how did this get made? Whatever, whatever. A lot of reviews when this came out were like, it's pretty good, but the special effects ruin it for me. And I in 1983, people were complaining about the special effects, and I was like. Yo, fuck you. <laughs> like, here I this, am in the, 2022, and I don't give a fuck about the special effects. The special effects in this film lend it a sense. Okay. What is the scariest part of Evil Dead? Oh, huh. That's a good question. 
for me, it's the end. It's the claymation end sequence. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it yeah. looks it looks so shitty and so poorly done that it actually kind of like punches through the other side and is amazing looking. And I don't mean that like oh it's so bad it's good it's ironic. I mean it sort of lends the film itself a a, a fucking weird nightmarish feel and that's what the special effects in this movie do they don't look good per se there's there's not a seamlessness where you're believing like it feels like you're like you're watching a dream almost um and then the few special effects that are successful like the scene where the weird woods creature sinks into the fucking ground oh that everything with the wood witch is oh my god nightmare in fact i would actually argue that like it part of why it might not matter to me that some of the in-camera effects or weird early, you know, they do a, weird, a lot of weird early, like, digitally sort of stuff, you know, um, which is probably the best they could do at the time. None of that matters because the Wood Witch, the fucking creature that lives in the trees and in the dirt, whatever, when she comes out, and, and granted, you can tell it's a it's a person in a suit, right? But it's a Clearly. Person, but it's a person in the suit the way that, like, I don't know, Tokyo Gore Police is just a person in a suit, but it's fucked. That's what this is in 1983. This thing looks fucking nightmarish. And you know they did not have the money. This is not a high-budget film. This no. is not a, you know, a Stan Winston uh, joint. You know what I mean? Like people, yeah. it, it, The fact that these folks on this budget were able to make this fucking wood witch look like the unbelievable nightmare creature that it is sells me on the rest of the movie when the rest of the movie is also good in and of itself. But that extra bit of spice, it's like, yeah, some of the stuff looks a little silly, I guess, but that's some nightmare fuel right there. And every time I see it, God. I think... God damn it. If I saw that thing in real life, I would die. I would just immediately die. My heart would I'd hold stop. my breath and and hope I just I would will myself into unconsciousness. <laughs> it's 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 so and then like like the other things like the there's like okay, so there's the traditionally scary image of the wood witch. Right. There's that. Right. There's the weird sort of in-camera special effects that we don't know if they work or not. Yeah, they're they're if if you can accept them, they're fine. But they're I get fine, why yeah. they're they don't always seem super cool yeah. now, you know. And then there's the weird naked like the people running around covered in mud. I don't know why that like that that messed with me so bad, but that was almost as scary as the wood witch. Like there's just people running through the woods covered in mud that like they're just complete these like unknowable things. Like God, there's just this movie is so fucked in such a strange way that like I, I'm so sad that like it's not more widely known. And it, it does a lot with mood, right? Like I was reading something about this and and I think I agree. Um unlike a lot of other so so with a lot of other uh colonialists narrative, right? You get either um these horrible colonists who then the natives have to like fight back against, or if they're more sympathetic to the colonists, the colonists are civilized and they're in this nature that like turns on them. Right. In this movie, you get these weird colonists who are executing their right to then get themselves stupidly killed. Like every bit of logic is saying, get the fuck out of there. The, the, the locals don't want to be down there. Everything that's there tells you to go away, but it's like, their colonist ego, which would normally cause them to 
violate a temple or uh, kill a kill kill a local religious figure that then the 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 indigenous people turn on them or whatever thing that usually it's like their ego causes them to do evil in this case it's like their ego just causes them to like not get a hint and just hang out way longer than they should you know what i mean not only not only not get a hint like they don't like the the one guy marion he's like uh we should go in this valley and then the other guy's like um the shawnee don't go there like it's it's considered like they don't they're it's it's like they don't want to go there. He's like, no, that's why we should go there. And the guy's like, well, I think there's a reason they don't go there. He's like, well, who who gives a shit? Let's just go there. And it's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> there's obviously some fucking yeah. bad shit going on. I mean, the symbol that they shouldn't go in this valley is a tree that grows feathers. Now, I guess you could look at the fucking tree and go, oh, the, the locals must have done this because a tree wouldn't grow feathers. But like... They don't. They just go weird feather tree. I guess we should go in this valley then. What yeah. the? Fuck? Oh, now there, now there are faces on the trees. Weird. Huh. I, guess I, I just. Is, I guess this is where we live now. I guess yeah. this is where. I, let's. What, the let's other, build a fort and hope the you know the 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 the, the fucking naked nudist mud nudists don't come after us. One of the things this movie does too that I think is very good is that at first we feel a certain amount of sympathy for this group of people because. There's a sense in which we have horny pastor, and as modern people, uh, what's 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 the horny pastor's name? I forget what the horny pastor's name. What is Will Smythe? Yeah, Will, Will Smythe. <laughs> so horny pastor Will Smythe, <laughs> Jesus, um, we you know he takes care of a, a a young woman who seems to be traumatized and also psychic, and because he cares for her. And he's horny, which we're horny. We we sympathize with him. And he seems to be being I mean, when we first see him, the community's like, We suspect you've been fucking, so now we're going to murder you. Which is like Yeah, I, you know, I I, I I I try to be tolerant towards people's religious views, but I think stringing up a man just because he's been getting his dick wet is probably not a good thing, you know? It, I would be murdered if that were the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like so the movie builds sympathy for him at first, even though as the movie goes on, you're like, this guy seems like kind of a dick. And what it does really brilliantly is right towards the end, when they really want you to turn on this motherfucker, they take the last bit of sympathy away, right? Because part of yeah. the sympathy you've had for him is, well, he at least he saved the girl. And then the big reveal is he was part of the crowd that killed the girl's mom. That's a big, yep. big reveal that he like lets loose right at the end. And you're like, oh, wait. I don't have any reason to like you. I was already not liking you, but now you've taken away the last little bit of like my compassion for you. Now I'm kind of rooting for the wood witch to fuck you up. You know, like there's just to, to be fair, that girl may not have been like a banshee or a leprechaun. Sure. Because sure, she's sure. using like, she's like uttering like Celtic magic. Oh, all the writing about this movie just straight up says that she's a fucking fairy, which the kid says she's a fairy. And you're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. But then, like, all the people writing out the movie are like, yeah, she's a fairy. And I'm like, what the f- – what do you mean she's a fucking fairy? What are we talking about here? But I, I guess she's doing – she's basically – what we have here is she's basically fighting the wood, which is magic. And, you know, that uh, – for those people who are, you know, particularly worried about any colonialist movie having racist undertones, let's be clear. She's not – 
they're not up against an indigenous group of people. The indigenous folks are like, fuck that valley. We don't go there. There's only evil in the valley. So the, the movie does a good job of sort of saying like, even the, 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 the folks whose land this really is, don't fuck with the wood witch. No one fucks with the wood witch. In fact, even her, she has, you know, uh, uh, Laura, you keep describing these naked mud people. Well, that's a bad term. These naked, yeah, it is. These naked dirt people. But they're not, they're not, uh, they're not um, indigenous folks. They're actually other settlers. They're French settlers that were there yep. before them. And so it is interesting that the only, the only people she's found to make her denizens, her unholy army, are just other white people who got lost in the woods. Yeah, there's, uh, there's this like weird. Okay, did you read uh, Manifest Destiny, the comic? Oh, the comic, no. Okay, are you familiar with it at all? Do you know? No, what it is? I don't know what that is. Okay, so there's a comic called Manifest Destiny that is a like loosely. It, <laughs> That is a very fictionalized, I almost said loosely, like, oh, you know, instead of encountering, instead of the one or two monsters that the the Lo- Lewis and Clark expedition, I almost said Lois and Clark, Lewis and Clark expedition uh, encountered, they encounter, like, a ton of monsters. It's basically oh, this. I, yes, I have heard about this. I never read it. So there's this idea, like, it, it's, it's like, I, I love the concept of, like, uh, frontier America being, like, a savage land. You know, not like Kazar and his fucking, you know, Sauron Savage Land, but like the fact that like America, like North America was this like strange, untamed land where it's like part of me says that's like weird, like colonialist bullshit. Like it's not it's not discovered until we discover it. But I'm also kind of all in on the concept of like. No, this isn't just like white people being like, oh no, no, it's it's untamed and savage because we haven't been there, but like it's untamed and savage because there are actual fucking monsters that just roam the plains and the mountains and the woods of like America at you know at that time. Um you could also say that like Pet Cemetery is like indicative of that with the the you know the the the, the Micmac burial ground. But part of me really likes the idea not of Native American or Indigenous American uh, magic, but the like the idea that there is something there that has been here forever, that was here before, you know, Indigenous settlers got here, that was here before, you know, that's been here just forever, and they just came here and were like, "Whoa, we don't fuck with that that patch of land. Just don't go there." And it has nothing to do with like. Uh, shamans and and manitous it's just it's just like a very primordial natural evil i love that idea i'm 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 a little mixed on it only because i do think it there is a bit of that colonialist thing because like they you know there was this idea that the whole land, it was virgin land it was yeah uncivilized land. meanwhile like you know uh the the plane uh, let me give you guys a little bit of my. Th- th- this is one. Of, this is one of my crackpot things, but it's not crackpot because actually a lot of scientists will tell you this. Um, the Great Plains is terraforming. The, it, the 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 Native Americans made that shit. They were like, we need more land for buffalo, and so they cut down trees and planted grass. That's that's that was intentional. 
that's a thing that they did for real. Oh, also, let's not forget there were cities, actual right. fucking cities. Yes. Like you always hear about, like, uh, like, like at the Aztec Empire. It's like motherfucker, they were like actual cities everywhere. That stretch, you know what I mean? Like, it, I, yeah, mean, I mean, they might have not looked like European cities, but. There no, were but there were thousands of people and civilizations and separate communities yeah. and whole governments and like I mean look at the look at the similarities between the American governmental system and like the Cherokee Nation. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. There's, so the, so there's a part of me that always hates that setup only because some of it comes from this idea of like, well, America was an untamed land. It was pretty fucking tamed, actually. Yeah, to be I'm clear, saying, like, a lot of it was tamed. However. What you're saying underneath that, I do think is true in the sense that, like, there were legends that folks had, and if you respect their communities more than we do, then those legends become even more meaningful, right? Because yeah. it's not like, oh, they've just been wandering around in the woods with no... These were folks with very complicated cosmologies, separate cultures, their own religious groups, and their own ways of doing things. And really, you could say their own kind of science, right? You know, like, that's why they planted things differently than we did. That's how they, uh, you know, uh, cultivated their communities differently and whatever. They all had their own different kind of civilizations. And then they would be like, also, uh, we don't fuck with that cave. and You should probably not fuck with that cave. And sometimes it turned out to be shit like uranium, right? Like, there were places that yeah. indigenous folks were like, yeah, we don't fuck with that. And they were like, yeah, it turns out that's where the cancer stuff is. So they were right about that. You know what I mean? Like, like so. Other times, it was crypto terrestrials. I mean, again, this is where we're getting to is that, you know, we have to be able to respect indigenous culture while also accepting that they, they learn to live among the crypto terrestrials. And we, we don't know how to do that. No, but okay. Yeah. But what this movie does is it it wants to play off. I think it does a good job of managing to play off the anxieties of these settlers, right? These co colonizers, right? It, all the anxieties of like we're in the woods, we don't know where we are, we don't really know what's at stake, we don't really know what to do to protect ourselves. It wants to do that, but it kind of, and, and I think it succeeds honestly. Avoid the whole because there's. Uh, 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 you know, uh, wild people in the woods, and they're gonna come get. Like, it wants to avoid any of that demonizing of the Native Americans, and I think that it it mostly manages to do that. Even the scene that we see with Marion, right? He wants them to let the Native Americans go. He just kills the French dudes, which, like, yeah, yeah, you know, good on you, buddy. I feel you. I you I hate the French as well. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, we're we're on a bit of a tangent here, but it's interesting how this I just want I just want to say. Go ahead. I was just to say real quick. I just want to say that what sets this movie apart from a lot of other colonial uh, folk, quote unquote, folk art films, is that at no point, at no point, is there uh, there's no fucking Google expert Native American that comes up and explains everything, like. We are in the dark just as much as the protagonists are the entire time. Like, we only know as much as they do. Like, there's no helpful fucking shaman that comes along and gives them the fucking Grant, the Graham Greene from every movie that he's been in speech. There's no, they don't take a magic drug and fucking see the past when the Wood Witch arrive. Like, there's none of that. It's just like, holy fuck, this is why these people avoid the woods 
the, the this valley is because there's a fucking horrifying demonic wood witch here and like it's never it's never explained to them by like like a human cipher that is like a, a wise native american person yeah I which mean, we, for 1983 i am grateful yeah 100 i will say that marion is the trapper character he does present a certain cosmology that could explain this thing but it's interesting to note the movie never goes out of its way to make that the reality he just says like yeah you know all the dead animals their blood gathers in a certain place and vengeful spirits are there where the blood gathers. So that could explain what's happening. But the film was never like, and that is what's happening. It's just one plausible explanation, and it doesn't fully cover how weird this fucking wood witch thing is, this this dirt creature that has all these weird magical powers. And then, again, I get that some of these special effects are bad, but I don't know that the use of, like, the inverted explosion and the things just disappearing, some of that shit really starts to fuck with your perception of reality in the context of the movie. No, you know what it looks like, all shit? And I'm, this is, this is gonna sound like I'm, like I'm yucking it up, but a lot of the, the the inversion to like negative exposure and the weird like fading to just cutting away where characters would just disappear and like that where it would like re- there would be like you know footage played in reverse and all this stuff. It reminded me. Um, do you remember like the animated X Men series? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember like I think it was like a two or three episode arc where they dealt with Proteus? Uh, I think it's like more more McTaggart's yeah. son. Yeah whose power is like bending reality itself. A lot of this reminded me whenever they would like show how his power was displayed, they would do shit like this. Like there would be like a weird negative, like the blurs would, would, would reverse and all that shit. And it just, it like, the film's like weird attempt at, at displaying like non-reality. Like we said earlier that it, 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 it works. Like it, when when it shows that like when we are being told like hey some sort of like external power is being is working its will on these people's perception it fucking works so well yeah I agree man even if it is like even if it is like kind of just like simple in camera tricks again I guess I could say that this movie might not work for everyone too but I'm a little less. I'm a little less understanding if you hate on this movie. Like I think I, I watched this movie. I watched this movie with my grandfather last night. He hates horror movies and he was into this movie. So like that says something. Well, it has a certain adventure component to it, right? Like yeah. we've seen these kind of movies before, but instead of them then discovering the British or I mean, I guess technically at this time they were British cause it's pre-revolution, but um, instead of them discovering some, you know, uh, honestly the, the racist trope would be indigenous folks. It's really like this monster and their own inability to like sort their personal differences out long enough to fight against this thing. And um, uh, I think for some people, the way it resolves might feel a little too, adventure movie you know like mean like uh for some people what makes a horror movie a horror movie is a certain sense of like desperation or homelessness or hope hope not homelessness hopelessness towards an ending yeah um and this isn't that per se but i don't know it works for me man i i just think 
this is an underseen film. I think it might border on a classic. And if you can let go of some of the bias against the type of special effects they're using, I think it's really effective and has some really like strong performances. Like the woman who is clearly uh, both psychic or magical and dealing with whatever kind of trauma herself, that could be played in a way that would be stupid like that would be offensive right like that performance could be awful she's good man she works the whole time her whole thing shouldn't work and it's really good she literally comes off as like ethereal and yeah uh i guess the early 80s version of a manic pixie dream girl almost (laughs) like like she really is like they're like oh no like we're being attacked by the shawnee and she just like stands up and sings a song and the barge sails away to, you know well it's just uh if manic, yeah, if manic pixie dream girl didn't mean you're you're patient with a shitty mediocre white man but it, <laughs> what it actually meant is you get naked in the woods to do battle with a uh, blood beast then yeah then she's that then she's, she's a manic pixie dream girl yeah exactly <laughs> i was gonna say female leprechaun but i don't know what that is i said banshee earlier but uh, t- she doesn't at any point howl and you know shout in a bog although you know there is a lot of there's a lot of bog shouting in this movie yeah. where people are like yeah. in the mud just yelling um, well you, you get the sense that she's doing what she can to protect them but that the forces what I like about it is it, it you get that sense of um, you know when, when when you have a secret weapon when you have that in a movie and there's a secret weapon it feels good you feel like 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 yeah okay maybe we're not alone in this thing they manage to have her be that for these characters while also making it clear that like that's probably not enough you know yeah like she could literally do magic and the wood witch is still gonna fuck them up like that's what yep. you get. And it works. It works really well where you still get to experience that feeling of like there is some sense of fighting back, but it's not like, and we're going to win. It's like we're fighting back and we might, uh, some of us might survive this. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. I guess that's uh, Eyes of Fire. Um, yeah. Let me go ahead and say, like I said, both of these are in that um, all the haunts BRs box set it's it's not cheap so i get if if it's not your thing but if you like full car i recommend it i'm sure we'll come back to more of the movies in this box set um and you know i might try to write up like start writing up some of the movies because i'm planning to start making my way through it i just haven't had a chance to uh yet uh but i definitely just had a chance to check it out but i would highly recommend the the documentary uh um uh, about full car friend of the show sam deegan is featured in it as well as a bunch of other well-known uh commenters uh i i get i've read some of the criticisms that maybe it could be a little bit more diverse but like considering that when if you had asked me about full car uh prior to that documentary i would have just been like you know wicker man blood on satan's claw Witchfinder general there you go those are the three big ones uh and i guess we're all head wrecks and the fact that this documentary features like 90 some movies is like oh shit they're <laughs> they're clearly throwing a much broad, wider net than what i was even experiencing you know yeah 
All right, so that's Eyes of Fire and Vi. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Um, you should head to cinepunks.com for more episodes of this podcast and a couple other podcasts. We just put new episodes of Wine and Cheese out today. Yesterday, a new episode, or what's, what, 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 what day is it? What year? <laughs> Today's Wednesday, right? Yes. Okay. So on Monday, there were new episodes of Cinema Smorgasbord, which is Liam's other oh, fucking yeah. weird podcast. Yo, we just did uh, we just did uh, Snake and Eagle Shadow. That's mm-hmm. the first actually good Jackie Chan movie, so there you go. There you go. So that is on there. Um, you can head to patreon.com backslash Cinepunks if you're interested in becoming a patron. Be sure to check out our sponsors, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations and Essex Coffee Roasters at xlvcx.com and essexcoffeeroasters.com. Remember, if you get anything from Essex, that fucking promo code, Cinepunks, 10% off. The shit adds up. You want to help us out? Do it. Um, and yeah, I guess until next time, um, I, don't, I don't fucking know. Happy birthday, Maeve. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yep. All right. Peace. Bye.